Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunded campaign success and better physical product businesses. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and each week I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert designed to help you take your startup to the next level. If you're interested in learning what we're all about and kickstarting your own crowdfunding campaign, check out artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. You'll get our entire guide to crush your campaign and take your business to new heights. But now, let's get on with the show. Guys, I don't always recommend crowdfunding fulfillment, but when I do, I prefer efulfillmentservice.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Art of the Kickstart. Today we've got a pretty cool new product for you fitness guys out there. We've got Sebastian on the line to talk about hip zip, which is essentially the hip way to carry your stuff, especially if you're a lady at the gym. Thanks for coming today, Sebastian. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So we kick off all of these with a life quote, a success quote, or something like that. Do you have anything good? Uh, I've been living in the States for nine years now, and I guess I'd say go big or go home. Where are you from, Sebastian? German. Oh, from Germany, Germany. Go big or go home. I like it. This doesn't feel like a German product to me. This isn't like pure, pure efficiency. This is like a little bit of creativity. What's the story? It's creativity. It's innovation. It's born out of frustration. I've been racing triathlons from pretty much 20 years. And the idea came on one of those long training runs. when I was trying to carry my cell phone, my keys and a couple of energy gels and I've tried a couple of belts that are out there, but some of them are not big enough. Some are bouncing everywhere. So we decided to come up with something that's a little bit different, that doesn't bounce, that stays in place. And that's just awesome. Yeah, I got to I gotta say, it looks like an athlete's fanny pack. So not like your typical mom and pop fanny packs that you remember back from the 90s. This is like, uh, this is like high compression, pretty cool looking stuff. That is, yeah, we're using pretty much the same fabric that we're using for our apparel. Um, so it's a very compressive fabric. It goes really tight around your hips, which makes it pretty much not bouncing at all. And then we've got two zip pockets, one in the front, one in the back, a hidden inside pocket. The pockets are big enough to hold the biggest cell phones on the market, even with cases. And yeah, it's not just for, for runners. It's also pretty much for everyone. You can carry a passport. You can carry your ID, credit card, cash, something like this. You can wear it under your shirt. No one sees it. It's great for traveling. It's great for going out on the weekends, maybe to carry something. Yeah. Could go, could go a little 007 and use that as your, uh, your gun holster. <laughs> so, uh, you said, yeah. you said you've got a company that you've been working on with this before. So what's the, what's the story behind your athletics company? We started with uh, triathlon and compression sportswear in 2009. And uh, it's been growing ever since. But people were asking for new products and we're always trying to come up with something new. And the hip zip just fell into place. So, yeah, that's our latest product. What's the market look like for triathletes? I'm not personally into it it's a little bit farther than i can go but um i know a lot of people are so what's uh what's it look like marketing and targeting that demographic uh that's actually a very small market that's why we're trying to get a little bit out of that we're still going to have our core there but we're going to go into marathons half marathons fitness stuff the 
exposure is way better than just with triathlon and the consumer base is a hundred times bigger. So it's for us, it's easier to sell a product at a lower price point than a $190 triathlon race suit. Yeah. That makes sense. And more people, more people into marathoning because let's face it, they don't have to swim. So, <laughs> so, so you're doing this, you're working on it and you've been building the business now for, for a good five or six years, which is very impressive. Congratulations, by the way. Then Thank you decide, you, you decide to come to Kickstarter. What's the, what's the thought process behind that? The Kickstarter campaign was something we always wanted to do for one of our products, but we never had the time. And this year we just got two new employees. So we finally had the time. We finally had the funds to make a video professional one. And it's our first campaign. Honestly, we read a lot about it, but we didn't know exactly what we're getting into because uh, it's a lot of work. It's very hard, but it's also fun. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's our second day. We're 20% there. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a freaking nightmare, guys. Make sure you want to do this if you're doing it. But you guys are doing it. I think you can definitely make it happen. One thing that I think would be interesting, did you did you remarket this and retarget this to your existing customer base? Because that's one of the most effective things that Kickstarters can do. If you've got an existing business, you have all of these customers who basically already love you. They've already bought your stuff. That's the hard part. Giving them the update or the email saying, hey, we're launching something new on Kickstarter. We'd love your support. That's something that people with existing companies can take advantage of and so often, so often just don't. But that early on push, what did you guys do? We, we have a pretty cool customer database and we send out an email to everyone announcing the project. We've done it yesterday, so I haven't really looked at the results so far, but we got a really good push at the beginning, but now it's slowing down and now it's it's really up to us to make this thing work, get out there. We send out a bunch of press release. We're contacting everyone on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all this stuff, and we hope it's going to be enough. Yeah, it's it's more or less just that raw effort of marketing, of emailing a billion and one people and making them all seem at least a tiny bit personalized. It definitely helps the earlier you start. If you start in advance, that's that's the way to go. But to be honest, a lot of Kickstarters don't think of it or just don't. I would definitely update update your list again. What other things have you done in terms of marketing and in terms of getting the campaign out there? And what else are you planning? What we've done is we've contacted a bunch of bloggers. We're working with them. They did a couple of reviews on another couple of products that we did. And I think we've got a list of two, 300 bloggers that we're working with. So we send emails out to every one of them announcing the project. Hopefully they're going to post something. Other products, I don't know yet what we're going to do. We're going to go step by step. So hopefully this one will go to the market pretty soon and then we'll see what happens. That's one thing. After you've launched this, you can become a Kickstarter company where you've got all of these backers who already love what you guys are doing. You launch a new product. You have all of these backers who already love what you're doing. It helps you launch faster and get a bit more of that viral exposure. That's how a lot of repeat campaigns do so successful. Pretty sure they are. <laughs> we'll see. So you're working on this. You're building the business. It's been about six years. And you have a nice perspective that a lot of people on Kickstarter don't have, which is the business outside of Kickstarter. How is that going for you guys? And what would you, what would you share with people who are listening? It's been 
we took a little bit a different approach to the business. I came over here in 2006 with basically 2,500 bucks and two suitcases full of clothing in my bike. And I was racing triathlon professionally. And we started with making stuff with just a couple of thousand bucks and then just selling it. And from the profits, we would go and produce again, put everything right back into the company. It's a long way. It's the longer way. But it's for us, it was the safer way. The business, our products are on Amazon. We tried to go through a dealer network, but that didn't really work out that well for us. So we're going consumer direct, which seems to be the better way for us. Mm, the future, I don't know. We'll see what happens. How are things going on Amazon for you? I, uh, I personally have some stuff, some brands on Amazon as well. It's picking up. It's picking up. That's another different story. It's also not easy to sell on Amazon, but it's picking up. That's very good. If you go to fbaallstars.com, it's a new it's a new website and podcast I'm building geared more towards Amazon entrepreneurship. So that might that might be able to help you or anybody else who's listening. But uh, what I wanted to get into next was kind of the product life cycle. So you mentioned you've got a small market. That means you want to be creating new and interesting products for them to basically keep keep the cash flow going. How does that work? How does what does that look like in terms of a company putting out new stuff and when it's time? What kind of goes through your head? Our most successful products is or are the compression socks, and we came out with a pretty unique design for those socks, and they're seriously selling like crazy. Then we added a couple of more colors. We're going to come out with new colors in the future over the holidays, and we also have to think about cash flow all the time. So it's it got a little bit easier because once the company grows, you have more money in the bank, so to say. So it's easier to make bigger steps. But at the beginning, it was very hard. I mean, we started with making maybe a couple of hundred pairs of compression socks in the US. And then two years ago, we went overseas. The numbers are way bigger. The invoices are way bigger. But the price is also way cheaper, so it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, yes, yeah. definitely. The quality is often a lot better too if you the if you really know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, China's China's been producing the world stuff, and a lot of people like to knock on China, but they are very good at what they do, especially when you find the ones that are good. Yes, I mean we. It's the machines that they have; they're just amazing, and this is what they do. With this is what they specialize in, and. We never had a bad experience with the Chinese so far. I mean, of course, you get a shipment where some stuff is wrong and it's a nightmare, but we never got really screwed and we were lucky so far. And that is what everyone wants to happen. I want to jump now into the launch round. How's that sound, Sebastian? That's good. Guys, I want to thank today's show sponsor, eFulfillmentService.com, for helping us make Art of the Kickstart happen. If you're running a crowdfunding campaign or you're thinking about doing it and you know you're absolutely going to take it to the next level, but you don't have the time to ship out all those rewards to your backers to get them out on time, work with eFulfillmentService.com. They're a small company that's experienced with crowdfunding campaigns. They can help you get those rewards out on time and ahead of schedule to make your campaign shine. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. Okay, Sebastian, first question for you. Any business role models, life role models growing up? No, I would have never thought I would even 
be self-employed. What would you think you would be? I studied to become a teacher in Germany. And what then type? what type? Uh, sports and OPT and history. That is a very diverse mix, in fact. Uh, sports, who, who do you root for? Germany, soccer. Oh, of course, of course. I was in Germany for, for seven months and oh, wow, guys, you need to go there if you want to see some crazy football action. Soccer. So, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have a favorite Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign? Actually, no. I mean, I saw the, the exploding kitten once. That's pretty amazing. I think they oh, did yeah. like five million. Absolutely. It, it amazes Absolutely. me. Yeah. So would you rather be the world's greatest athlete or the world's greatest entrepreneur? Ten years ago, I would have said the world's greatest athlete. But now I'd say the world's greatest entrepreneur. Ah, maturing, maturing. I like it. And uh, where, where do you see yourself in five years? Hopefully having successfully funded a couple of uh, Kickstarter campaigns. Got a bunch of products and a few more employees. That doesn't sound too shabby whatsoever. And last question of the launch round. If you could go back in history or today and talk to anyone, ask them any question, have a nice little sit down chat. Who would you want to talk to? Uh, I think Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Okay. What would you talk to him about? Mark, by the way, uh, we got, we got a call out in case you ever want some coffee. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mark Cuban listens uh, to the show, guys. Absolutely. Uh, I guess basic business stuff. That would probably be a good place to start and just let him lead the conversation because he is one smart dude. I had a guy sell a business to him and apparently uh, apparently he is ruthless, but he's a fair he's a fair guy. And let's cut the let's cut the launch around now. Let's go back to you, Sebastian. So you got 30 days left on this campaign. You're 20 percent funded. It feels like you're in the grind because you are. But at the same time you're on the right track. You kind of just got to keep pushing. And you talked a little bit about how you're going to keep pushing. Anything you haven't talked about yet? Anything you want to bring up? I think I mentioned uh, social media, our email list, uh, friends and family, of course. And we're counting on the bloggers. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. And uh, here's one other hack you could potentially use. So you said you're based in San Diego. If you go Correct. to a, go to a nice big mall in San Diego, start a, start showcasing those things, pretending, pretend like you're supposed to be there, set up a little booth with maybe an iPad. You can get some people to, to support you, to start backing your campaign. Pretend like you're just there with a big company trying stuff out. And then, uh, sure, you might get kicked out of the mall, but it's a nice way to get a little bit of extra exposure. Same thing with sporting I, events. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that right in front of the Apple Store. That's a, that, Right in front of the Apple Store is absolutely perfect. You might be able to rock <laughs> these. Um, I'm pretty sure the NFL season's starting soon. Hit up a Chargers game or two. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Couple of those. So those are the couple of thoughts. Any uh, anything else you want to cover before we start to wrap up, Sebastian? Mm, I think um no. Awesome, man! You knocked it out of the park. Thanks for coming on. Where's the best place for people to check you out and hopefully get some hands-free action in their sports? Uh, the website is called uh, www.hipzip.com, and it, Zip's got two P's, guys. Correct. Hipzip.com. Check them out. They have a, your video is actually very well done. Good work on that. Some stuff on the campaign looks a little bit, it looks a little bit dated, but at the same time, it's still fun. I think you guys did a great job, especially for a first campaign. And thanks for coming on, Sebastian. You've been awesome. Thanks for having me. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for listening. Go back Sebastian's campaign because the product's pretty freaking cool. If you've got a crowdfunding campaign coming up and are planning on crushing it, 
then I have exciting news. The Art of the Kickstart Crowdfund Academy is going on a massive listener-only sale. I decided I want to make sure more crowdfunders get access to the information and the step-by-step guides that they need to crush it. So for a limited time, the first 100 Art of the Kickstart listeners are going to get the entire 43-video Crowdfund Academy, the step-by-step detailed guide where I walk you through exactly what it takes to crush your Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign for $67, originally $347. Artofthekickstart.com slash go. You can get the entire course, which will walk you through everything I do, everything that you need to know, and help you crush your campaign. Check it out. Artofthekickstart.com slash go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show all about building a better business, world, and life with physical products. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and if you've enjoyed today's episode, you should check out artofthekickstart.com. You can find access to all our past episodes, get our Kickstarter Crush It guide, and if you love the episode, be sure to leave us a review, artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help you grow your business. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, have a great and productive week. Go build something incredible.